Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is Larry Charles here. This is the third attempt at day three. Third time's the charm, right? As they say. Uh, I'm one half of the Game Dev Unchained podcast team, the team behind the scenes that is putting together this conference for you. Uh, please let us know in Twitch chat if we're stream is good. Let us know if you see any freezing or audio issues. We depend on you guys because this is live and there's only two of us. So anything that you can do to confirm, everyone's saying looking good, looking great. And you're not just talking about me, right? You're talking about the stream. <laughs> uh, I'm not here by myself, obviously helping me make sure that this conference goes well. Uh, biggest tech support and co-host of everything that we're doing today. One half the team, best friend, Mr. Brandon Fam. I'm going to hit this button, bring him on in. Prepare hey, yourselves. what's up, everybody? It's not a live stream until we mess up. Yeah. We do that to just prove that it's live. Yes. Because people think we pre-record this and like we're just off somewhere. Of course. Counting part the-, of the fun. I see perfect streaming. People are hearing us just fine. Uh, welcome to day three out of three days of uh, live streaming. What are you saying? If someone said I'm glowing, it's probably because of the sweat. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've been trying to stream the last two times. The sweat is just part uh, yeah. of the process, right? A little so, bit of nervousness. But, yeah, the nervousness. Know. Now the nervousness has... has Uh, Subsided, yeah. Uh, So uh, this is uh, Brandon Fam, of course. Uh, Larry and I have been doing this. uh, The podcast last three years. years. But for the last three days, we've been talking to you. Uh, Interesting enough, a lot of new viewers, old viewers, uh, listening in to try to win as a game developer. Yeah, and that's that's what's important to us. Uh, There's a lot of places out there, you know, that you can go and get great education. There's a lot of places out there where you can connect with great people. Uh, And then there's a lot of very big conferences out there that are going to give you access to top level developers watch speaker talks be able to make connections things like that but there is one thing that we notice with all those things is you know you got to have the ticket price you got to have the hotel you got to have the airfare you got to have the food and you have to have the time to actually be able to do all those things and unfortunately for many of our game development brothers and sisters around the world that's just not the case so in looking at our own schedules and saying like dang it would be really great to try to replicate that in a way that more people around the world would be able to take advantage of that was the main driving force behind what we're doing here with the Game Dev Unchained Expo. We said, we've got friends, we've got contacts, we've been doing this podcast, we can get people to show up. Let's put on a free conference for three days, just have it jam-packed with top-level talent giving us wisdom and knowledge to pass down and share with each other. And I see people making friends in the Twitch chat, people getting friendly, being real supportive, telling jokes back and forth, laughing at us every now and then. All good and fair, but we're happy to see that there's a community behind this and exactly what we wanted to do is being achieved. So yeah, I I can't be upset about that. What I can be upset about is there's no fan. Can we turn on the fan? Yeah, we're gonna. I'm gonna turn on the fan real quick. Oh right, no, I'm just. I'm just joking. All right, guys. So this is day three. We've been through this for two days now. We had a great first day. The kickoff was awesome. We followed it up with a great second day. I've been learning so much. Whenever we go off camera, so that it's just the speaker, I'm taking a ton of notes for myself to help my own self improve and learn. Like that's half the reason why we actually started the podcast in the first place. Is we asked the questions that we wanted to know to learn and grow as game developers and we figured we would let everyone be a fly on the wall and learn about it as well yeah i mean uh selfishly i think a lot of uh, what we did the last few days and setting it up the last few months is to kind of provide an educational seminar for ourselves yeah yeah uh these are speakers with all types of skills from all over the industry coming to yeah. us to you to kind of teach on various topics and very specific topics yeah. so uh we looked at all conferences we've been to all conferences and uh I feel like a lot of conferences now, the talks are kind of taking a back seat. Mm. Uh, the focus is all over the place. Mm. We have ranging from tutorializing, making better games. Yeah. Of course, that's important. But be- besides that, besides how, how to get into the industry, mm. I think there's a bigger issue at hand. The overhead of 
like just you know, where getting, are we going and yeah where are we going are. and once we're here right i'm talking to any veterans out there that's been in the industry who's sitting right now watching this uh you've been in there for a long time uh and you want to improve yourself but you feel trapped mm-hmm. right these are the the game industry people that we're talking to and we're arranging this first judux about yeah. right we want to make sure that yes it's great and dandy it's a fun industry to get into but the people in it are really struggling right yeah. now. There's uh, a not, lot of uncertainty. A lot of uncertainty. I'm not talking about people who's been in it for 20 years or 30 years and looking at, you know, looking to retire at 65, right? Mm. That, to me, is a silly thought. Like, I laugh, <laughs> ha, 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 <laughs> at that idea of retiring, yeah. doing exactly what I'm doing 9 to 5. Like, the uh, impossibility of staying at a job and saying to myself, to my wife, to my children, is like, I'm probably going to be staying here until 65. I have it that good. Well, what scares me is as a designer, I I can probably name maybe one or two people that I know that are 65-ish in the game industry in the design field. Yeah. Right? It's not the it's it's, a, it's quite a pyramid. Yes. <laughs> There's a lot of fall off for yes. my for my career path. <laughs> right, and as a career path, it is a pyramid. Right? Yeah. Uh, any place that you go to, you have a lead, mm-hmm. a lead for what twenty plus people per group. Sure, uh, give or take, you know, give but, or yeah, take, yeah. or even sometimes much much more, like oh twenty thirty people per team per discipline yeah and so uh, unless you don't care about climbing the ladder which i congratulate i actually push for that because there are not enough rooms for yeah. multiple leads and it's kind of redundant when there are multiple leads yeah. right yeah. we don't want that issue either um but it, it is a place where uh at a certain point there isn't much growth right where do you go after five ten years yeah, i mean and how 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 far can you go yeah. because you're very limited especially if you're a senior or lead at a very big place mm-hmm. it's a very uh coveted job yeah oh, there's a very few of those around at a, a a high position at a good place at a place that you like mm-hmm. uh in in terms of location yeah. and where you're living right so you're vying for that place. Everybody's vying for that role. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just truthfully very limited. It's tough. So as you're growing older, you're getting more experience, there's actually less and less room for you as a developer. Yeah. There's a lot of people that burn out, which helps. But listen to what I just said. Yeah. There's people burning out. Yeah. Which helps. Yeah. It's basically <laughs> you're waiting for the old man. Yeah. Uh, what is it? The Senate seat? What? Not the Senate uh, seat. Uh, oh, what I, in Congress? The, no, no. The, the uh, Supreme Court, right? Okay. Those guys stay there for a very long time. Oh, <laughs> and you kind of have to shove them off the chair to kind of claim that role. And that's basically what it is. Unless you are uh, completely comfortable being a senior for yeah. the remainder of your 20 years. Uh, of your life which you have to most people yeah. do and it's completely fine I mean there are like roles that they try to kind of uh, puff up mm-hmm. right uh, a super experienced senior uh, principal you know these are these are uh, recent in recent years uh, basically made up titles to kind of to kind of justify your experience we, we level. We see that you've been here for eight years. Yes. We know that you're like but you some need sort to of... Be, I, and I completely understand. There's a hierarchy, right? You have to be able to differentiate from uh, a senior that's been, you know, maybe six, seven years sure. to the senior, senior that's been one, 20 senior years. Senior two, senior three. And your salary has to reflect that in yeah. some way, right? And uh, unfortunately, our industry, I don't think it's much different from other industries. Where um, salary rise, there is a limitation. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the only thing that differs with ours is that uh, our industry is actually really uh, profiting every year. It's yeah, we, growing every year. Everybody's getting super excited. New new ventures down. to get and be part of the game industry is growing every year. I'm talking about uh, streamers. People who play games, that wasn't a thing, uh, and, and earning a good living out of that. Uh, esports, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and and what else? Like a, a ton of different ways to actually get and be part of the game industry and make money out of it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, cons. 
like I, that that's huge for me just just seeing like hey this game or this company or this type of thing is so beloved yeah. that we have tons of passionate people just showing up not even to really play but just to be around each other to celebrate news to celebrate updates mm-hmm. and to celebrate the fandom right to to dress up as characters that they loved and that they enjoyed and so whenever i see that kind of thing that always makes me feel great about what i do personally yeah. and what we do as developers yeah. but kind of starting to tie up everything that we were getting into earlier it's not so much that we're trying to tell people out there like hey uh you know you're going to keep working you're going to get older so have a have some sort of way to climb that pyramid it's not so much that it's that we're saying that like it is going to get competitive it is going to be harder to find more senior level jobs because there are less of them so make sure that you're keeping your options open but also looking for other ways to be valuable that might be outside of the industry so yes this is game dev unchained where we're talking about being a game developer but what we're really trying to tell and what we're really trying to push in the narrative that we're developing here is understand that you are valuable not just as a game developer right you can be an educator uh, we both have taught college classes for what we do. We share that information. We share that knowledge. We started this podcast. This podcast has created opportunities for us. We just want people to understand that we, we personally think that it, it's dangerous to be stagnant if your industry is volatile. Right. That's that's really the main message that we try to push. That's why we always want to come with new knowledge, with new education, with new opportunities, with new ideas, with new concepts that you might not have known or heard of that you can explore to better yourself, to refine yourself or to better prepare yourself for longevity in what we do. So I'm going to come back to the group cam. And what time do you get there, Brandon? We should probably go over the day three schedules to let people know what's going on. Right. Let's go over the day three schedule. Um, actually, before doing that, let's oh, talk okay. about how we made this possible oh, with man. our sponsors. So we're, I'm going to switch okay. the camera on to, to you and you go ahead and do this. Bill. All right. So Larry Cam, uh, we made this possible because I woke up one day and was like, Brandon, this is what we need to do. And he was like, cool, let's do it. <laughs> it was that simple. No, I'm kidding. Um, We've been at this for three years doing the Game Dev Unchained podcast, but GDUX, this web series, this web conference actually had a lot of help beyond Brandon and myself. And primarily I'm talking about the sponsors who have made it possible for us to be able to do this for three days straight and actually have the equipment and technology to make sure that you guys can see it for three days straight. So top of the list, we're going to start with Perforce. Perforce is our first primary sponsor. So Perforce, thank you from the bottom of my heart and Brandon's heart. Uh, We appreciate you guys believing in us and giving us an opportunity to do something with ourselves other than twiddle our thumbs all day as we try to be independent developers and games media people. So Perforce, thank you for your contribution to what we do here. Anybody who's in the industry has a job probably already knows Perforce, but anybody out there, indie, small team, Perforce is a great way to make sure that as you develop and work on your project, especially if you have multiple collaborators, you can have a great source control pipeline that allows multiple people to work on the same files without stepping on each other's work. You can merge and integrate. You can do so many things that allow your game to be developed with hopefully the least amount of user error in regards to sharing and managing files and backups of files, etc. Perforce has great options. Even if you're a small team of one to five people and you don't necessarily think you have money, Perforce actually has a free option for teams of that size. So if you're hearing me say this, you're an indie team, you're a small team working on something and you have less than five people or five people or less is what I should have said. Why not go check out Perforce? It's free for you. So, And then teams bigger than that, obviously, they have a solution in place for you. Ugh. Second primary sponsor, I want to thank Pixelogic. Pixelogic, not only are they helping us make this show possible, but they, they, they sprinkled a little, bit of, a little bit of ZBrush on top of that offering, and they said, hey, we also want to give away two free copies of ZBrush to your viewers. We did give away one copy successfully yesterday. We've got another copy of ZBrush, absolutely free, no strings attached, not that timeshare presentation free, but that actual free that we're going to be giving away a copy of ZBrush, the latest copy of ZBrush, no strings attached, to a lucky viewer today. And Mr. Brandon Fam, you always do a better job of explaining how people win stuff. So please let the people know how they can get a free copy of ZBrush. Computer Upgrade King is a peripheral PC. ZBrush? So what? How they get a free copy of ZBrush. Oh, before I even go (laughs) about that. I was so excited about talking about their sponsor. Uh, So you go ahead and if you are subscribed to our mailing list, we will pick someone at the end of the day and uh, announce it on air and email them yeah. about a free copy of ZBrush. We did that just did last yesterday. night, yep. and congratulations to that winner. So today is your chance to win a copy of ZBrush, and those don't come cheap, man. Yeah, but it's don't. cheap now. Yeah, it's like cheap for said, one person. It's cheap for one person, so if you want to be a part of that, please be that on our 
mailing list, list which so. is on gdux.me. Uh, our third, third sponsor, our third sponsor over here yeah. by Larry. Oh, oh yeah, you. All right. Where is uh, our third sponsor is by Larry, uh, Computer Upgrade King, of course, uh, to run the stream. All right. All those lags, all those things, that is internet that wasn't provided. <laughs> all right. That was not the hardware. Clearly, uh, Comcast clearly is not sponsoring Comcast, us. Right? ISP is not right, right, right. Unless Comcast wants to fix it yeah. and sponsor next time. <laughs> but uh, Computer Upgrade King uh, it provides us uh, the PC hardware, right? We are using their PC hardware. We went through the process. It took a week, only a week from me clicking to buy to for it to ship. And it was one of the easiest process I ever had for a custom PC build. And I have the latest and greatest RTX 2080 put into that with the latest processor. What? I'm, I'm just naming numbers here. Yeah, yeah. But we know game developers out there, gamers out there, you need the best. Computer Upgrade King is the best. They get you the best, the fastest. Yes, and if you are willing, and if you are ready mm-hmm. to upgrade your PC, go over to Computer Upgrade King uh, to go ahead and start buying. And then you can use our key code, mm-hmm. GDUX3, to get 3% off. And just like that, you get a new PC in a week. 3% off just because you typed in a couple of letters. Yes. Like, especially when you're spending thousands. Yes. We're upgrading PC. I don't know about you, man. Every two, three years, I got to upgrade mine. Yeah. And if you're looking for other t- type of peripherals to to kind of add to your computer hardware, mm-hmm. uh, you want to go over there and check them out. Yeah. So thank you guys for listening through our sponsorship roll call. If any of that information sounds juicier to you or applies to your situation, go check those guys out. Because if it wasn't for them... We and all these people would likely be doing other things right now. <laughs> right, right. And this is, of course, coming to you free, right? Yes. If you are alarmed and you think you're kind of being snarky and pirating this, this we have news for you, right? We actually it's are live conferencing free. the last three days for free. All our speakers are volunteering their time to talk about real issues uh, that we started off with, uh, to talk about things that to help you improve out there as a game developer and so to say thanks a small token of thanks if you look at the bar right here go to gdx.me or if you're on twitch there's a donate icon down there just click on that and if you want to see little carlton dance on our table at any point of the uh, program in the next seven hours you just donate any dollar that counts and 100 percent of that will go to all our speakers sweet Evenly, evenly distributed and I don't think anyone has ever done that yeah, in any expo but I'm gonna say that we are the first we're all about being the first we wanted to be the first free for everyone uh, three day live stream with seven hours of content absolutely free uh, we then said, like, hey, if we're going to be taking donations, it'd be a great way to make sure that the speakers at least know that the audience that came to participate and watch definitely appreciated their time and actually valued their time. So, again, donations help the speakers. So anything that you guys do contribute, we really appreciate. On the speaker's behalf, who may not be here to say thank you uh, anymore, especially day one and day two, folks, we promise you, you, you saw all the cats that the, our speakers have. Cats need cat food giving cats cat food helping them you know pay a couple bills or whatever ends up going to them after we do all the even splits i'm just saying on their behalf thank you very much thanks for being a supporter thanks for being a twitch technical advisor i think we should make like a badge that we can send if you have (laughs) saved us from an embarrassing moment we want to just adopt you as a twitch technical advisor so thanks to all our ttas out there we really appreciate it thanks to the sentinels and all the chats who are making sure that we get the best questions asked and moderating and you know just making sure that when we go on camera we're asking a question that's valid and valuable so you know a lot of people to thank before we really get this thing going well it's true i mean uh this is a two-man operation we talk a lot of indie developers this is as indie as it gets when it comes to conventions (laughs) (laughs) but it is very important stuff i think anybody with a mic in this day and age if they have a message it's it's great you have the internet you have people who are willing to listen out there and uh it actually makes a lot of waves and we are thanking all our speakers and all our viewers out there uh to be a part of this because it is these are very serious issues, and um, to kind of kind of go over serious issues, let's kind of talk about today's event, right? Okay. So on my screen right here, I'm gonna I'm gonna full screen this real quick. I'm gonna throw it at the screen. There. Oh, look at that. All right. That's so speed. We are at the 10:30 mark, and so we have to share. Uh, uh, Unfortunately, Unfortunately, our first speaker had to drop out because of an emergency. We wish him the best, Teddy. Uh, But we are going to move on with the show. Uh, And I think 
Larry so, and I. So we have we have a, an emergency uh, format idea. So basically, look, we know that there's circumstances that happen in other people's lives. We have 21 different sets of, well, not sets, but we have 21 different speakers or presenters who are supposed to be taking time out to help us do this. And, you know, we were 20 out of 21 yeah. uh, as far as success rate goes. So that's really cool. Uh, we appreciate everyone who was able to make it. Unfortunately, we did lose Teddy and Quixels as our kickoff. So instead of saying come back later, we actually are going to put ourselves in the hot seat. We wanted to go through and break down how we ourselves got into the game industry, some of the things that we overcame. But most importantly, we're going to pull the laptop on the table and do an AMA, Ask Me Anything, live on Twitch. And as long as it's video game related, for the most part, we should be unadulterated, unfiltered, and incredibly honest about our responses. I got a lot to say, so I think we should be good. <laughs> All right, so Brandon's going to do an Ask Me Anything. <laughs> I'll do an Ask Me Anything. But before doing that, let's kind of go through the whole schedule so 11 30 we have tanya that's ready to go uh talking about the diversity talk you need to know but don't want right. to need uh want to hear uh onwards is at 12 30 with lucas gonzalez overcoming the fear of challenge uh, changing survivor of the fittest 1 30 an hour after that is with ha- joel hackalax uh game designer how to make games until we're 80 2 mm-hmm. 30 p.m pacific time uh with des gal rightfully so no country for old devs mm. Oh, man, this is just like going through my life right now. Uh, 3.30 PS, uh, Pacific time. Obviously, if you're watching this, we're in the West Coast. Uh, redefining success with Jody Azar, CEO at Tizocat Games. And finally, anchoring tonight would be at 4.30 p.m. with Nina Freeman from Fulbright. Ways to put off starting your next big project for self-improvement and sanity's sake. So according to our TTAs, our Dancing Carlton donation button is not working properly. So that means that people have been donating. So thanks to everyone who's been donating. I uh, really appreciate that. And like I said, I'm going to get the gerbils bigger carrots to see if that helps. Uh, Brandon's going to take a look at it right now. So, but yeah, uh, we are going to start off with a, a bit of an emergency segment. Uh, again, filling time and understandably so if you do want to take off and come back for the later content. But you might want to stick around and hear this very interesting story how two guys from nowhere became best friends, started working on their own media and games, and grew to become this. And then... Just to prove that we know what the hell we're talking about, you can gut check us and ask us anything you want about game development. Get our opinions, our honest, honest opinions. There's no lawyers, like there's no like you know publicists. No, we're we're on our own right letting now. Letting me know what we're, I can or can't for say. the first time for the, uh, of three years, we're finally doing this full time. Yeah. So uh, I'm gonna ask the first question. Right? I'm gonna oh, put you in the house. Sure. Okay. So All this right. is Hold speaker doom, speaker doom, one doom. and speaker two for the next hour. Right? I'm ready. So, Larry, pay me a picture, right? When Let's give me a, a, a full global picture okay. of Larry Charles, the game designer, walking through the industry. So, sure. the, before you, when did you first get interested in games? Where did you go? Sure. And uh, let's talk about when you first got in. All right. So, anybody around my age, this might be nostalgia for you. So, I'll take you through. I, I've always been interested in games and game design, but I just didn't know it. So, whenever we played hide and seek, I was the guy who was like, you know, this is cool, but like, what if we turn out all the lights and play hide and go seek in the dark? Right? Like, oh, you know, sure, we can, we can play Water Gun War, but what if we added this extra thing? Or like, I was always the guy who was trying to, you know, just tweak whatever the base experience was to try to just make it more fun, more interesting or more dangerous more exciting uh and so going up through my whole life uh i've always spent a lot of time drawing and creating my own worlds creating my own stories my own characters and i had a lot of fun doing that i initially thought i was actually going to be an animator i saw a toy story for the first time in my life i forget how old i was but whenever toy story came out that inspired me to get into 3d and i immediately went to like i was at a boarding school at the time uh, summer like a summer boarding school and they had like this huge incredible 3D arts program for that well according to someone who comes from the inner city Hartford Connecticut the ghetto like the best computer maybe had like Minesweeper or Chips Adventure or some you know Oregon Trail type thing then I get to a place that has like 3D Studio this was before it was 3D Studio Max they had 3D Studio and I had a teacher actually showing me how to do and develop 3D so I knew for a fact like there was nothing that was going to stop me from being an animator after I saw Toy Story. I would say fast forward the next summer I come back to the same place and I'm back in those same computer labs trying to further what I had learned previously about 3D. And I, and it hit me that I really love telling stories and I loved the worlds that I was creating, but with an animated movie, with a book, with any sort of like linear type of experience, 
the best experience is like usually the first time you know uh i don't ever feel like the surprises obviously don't hold up the same way the jokes don't hold up the same way uh you i don't think that you'll ever get you know a better experience past that first one but what I loved about playing video games was a lot of the games that I was playing, my adventure changed based on the decisions that I was making, based on going the left path versus the right path, not getting the pizza and letting Michelangelo get the pizza, and I'll just try to play a little more defense or not be as aggressive with my hero or my turtle. Uh, there are so many things that I saw in game development or in, in video games in general as a medium that I got more excited about. I said, I can create these worlds that live, breathe, and respond. And that started to take me left far away from animation where I was like, I'm actually gonna create people, I'm gonna create worlds, I'm gonna create environments, I'm gonna create challenges, I'm gonna create moments that players get to experience, interact with, and I get to anticipate what they're gonna do and try to challenge them at every step of the way. I fell in love with game design because I already was in love with game design. I just hadn't been introduced to the idea of being a game designer as a career. So I'll say, let's fast forward to high school. Um, I go to Penn State for two years. I'm studying, I think it was business marketing because I do have an entrepreneurial side, but I was not fulfilling my creativity. I didn't feel like I was contributing to the world things that I actually wanted to be a part of, which are things that make people smile, things that make people feel, things that make people think, think that, things that make people react, uh, things that make people stop whatever they're doing in their you know, regular day-to-day -day life and, and do something that uplifts their spirit, uplifts their internal energy because they're having fun. They're, they're thinking, they're expressing themselves, or they're, they're sharing adventures with random strangers online. Uh, that can go like <laughs> to a dark place, but you know what I mean. Uh, so I, I left Penn State, I go to the Art Institute of Orange County, and I say I want to be a full-time video game developer, so I found a school that actually taught game development in 2005, and that pretty much solidified it for me. All those games I've been playing, all those times where I changed the rules to whatever game that I was playing with friends or you know just trying to up the ante whenever I could, ended up actually I found a job that allows me to do the same thing, and I've had 34, well, 30 years of practice so that is that's my story on how i got excited or got into video game development what about you mr brandon fam if you could take me through your same version but environment art style what would you say was yeah what was, what was your inception date for being my an, inception an artist? is like uh i want to shout out to hideo kojima i know you're watching uh metal gear Everybody has a game that got them really interested and hooked into into games in general, right? And so uh, I I was at that point where when I was playing games a lot, I, was, I grew up in the PS2 era, and I didn't know it was uh, viable as a career until I was flipping through a, a game magazine uh, to to kind of just browse. But I saw like a a clipping for college uh, art school, Art Institute of California. In particular and I was already a junior in high school so fortunately I knew right away that uh, this is something I wanted to do I was really already dabbling in 3d a little bit I was mm -hmm. you know playing with counter-strike modding for oh, fun yeah. but I never knew that it could be a career right and I think the if anything the last 12 years have taught us is that people know now yeah. people on twitch everything everybody respects game development uh even when i talk to parents at schools uh i tell them what i am and they're like oh that's actually pretty cool versus like what do you do exactly yeah. like, do you just play games all day no 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 so i would say going into my career five years in uh it was a, a lot of conversations like that like what do you do like i do this is like do that, does that mean you play games a lot so it's kind of nice to see this the change mm -hmm. uh and not even have to over explain myself or yeah. what I do. Uh, but that, that was the start of my career. In the college days, and that's where Larry and I met, is uh, I think looking back that it was a preview of a lot what the game sure. industry is like. So um, the, don't get me wrong, the game industry is fun. But, um, you know, we were really rushing through. Like it was a three year program. Mm -hmm. 
still expecting to do five classes every semester uh kind of battling with three hours of homework content every day um which doesn't sound much now but looking back you know you have a full day of class you're going back you're trying to get a's and everything but a lot of those classes don't really have anything to do with what i want to do oh, right? man. so it's a lot of bs uh that yeah, like half through. your tuition goes to class half of tuition so unrelated. the first time like getting out of college dealing with debt and anybody can relate to debt right but like school didn't teach me like oh honestly when you do come out of college you're mostly going to deal with a really competitive uh industry uh along with uh the debt on your back and guess what you're not going to have like that much money to start paying your debt back it's going to be you know if you're lucky you start with 40 right and we'll give you six months to get on your feet six months yeah well most likely it's a contract and to get your feet wet and uh it is expected i think uh even with young developers now it is expected that they would overperform uh underpay but also put in and be passionate right put in the time to show them that they really want it Mm um I, I, I can't say you can't really shake that off yet uh, because of the sentiment of what the industry is like. Because if you are clocking in at eight and leaving like at five, mm-hmm. like the senior, uh, and you're just this new kid on the block, yeah. it's, I, I hate to say it, but it can still be a bad look, right? Yeah. I, I wish I can, for the I day where it's like, hey, he's clocking in, clocking out, like any normal human being would do when they go to work, uh, get the night's rest, and come back the next day. But it is actually asked and actually, ah, unfortunately, in schools taught to kind of crunch, Mm. uh, have a mentality like that to succeed. Mm. And uh, I feel like anybody that's watching and anybody that's been a part of the industry, uh, that doesn't really stop. Um, And I think the last year and a half have taught us that we look at the biggest game companies. yeah like like epic like riots like like a lot of these companies everyone's going through this um even with uh crazy success uh it is expected to keep that ball rolling because we want to keep the the money train going yeah right there's if you stop now we're gonna miss this wave of influx of people that is constantly hungry for content Mm -hmm. and that's where the free-to-play model gets really dangerous right Uh, if you're not a team that's ready to support that and honestly there is really no way to kind of prepare for that right um you know if you even expect success you can't really gauge the level of success and do you have the people around to kind of support that you just go on a mad hiring spree so we actually you know the last year and a half has been very volatile and i don't think it's maybe it's a part of how the internet is becoming more and more open Mm -hmm. with these type of things journalists are, are finally uh putting putting the issues on the table uh because uh it, it is actually trendy to kind of write about these expose things has yeah. has always been but there has been like i would say a gate where uh people were a, a lot more shy mm-hmm. uh, even back three five years ago um where you know talking about the industry was very taboo yeah. uh, and uh i think as a game developer even i'm scared because cool. like we're technically off the hook Right? We're not working for anyone, so we can pretty much express our opinions yeah. openly, not working, worrying about the repercussions, right? But even then, it's like, you know, there's a hesitation. Like, as you saw before, there's a hesitation. It's like, do I name? But it's already out there. Yeah. But imagine if you're working for these companies and uh, you're trying to voice your concerns and you're already in the middle of nowhere right uh, not nowhere but like you're very far away from family sure. or you're you're not willing you're, to move. You're, you're already you're settled incredibly dependent upon the work very the dependent job. on the work you're already settled where you were are and you have a bunch of friends uh, you got kids you, you got kids family. you know we, we talked about this a little bit um you know uh, to kind of paint a really specific picture i've been in industry for 12 years i worked at six seven different companies mm. I've moved six to seven different times. Yeah. And I'm not talking about across the street. Yeah. I'm talking about like major up California. Major down. up down up down California. Up, down. Yes. And um it is very tiring 
because I gotta get new friends. Yeah. In some cases, I'm glad I have new friends. <sighs> but in most cases, you know, it is very tough. And you're you're constantly now. I'm a family of four, and yeah. I have two kids and a wife. And uh, you're constantly turning to them every time you like this job ain't working out. I got to do something. Yeah. Uh, stop. Stop talking to all your current friends. We got to get some new friends. We got to go to a new school. And how much of that can I take as a person mm-hmm. in my position? How much do I want to keep doing that to to my loved ones and expect them to be okay with it every single time? And this is the last 12 years and half my career has been moving around and meeting new people. Um, and thankfully, the pro of that is that you know i have a big network of friends and industry vets that i can lean on and talk to and conversate um but the downside is of course it's very unstable mm. you know i'm constantly in fear of yeah. uh I'm, I'm taught i'm taught to um constantly look at the next opportunity uh never be comfortable and uh and just be ready to to adapt and there's only a certain point where it starts to break you mm-hmm. as a game developer. I mean, you still enjoy making games, but you start looking at other options. Like, yeah. is there anything else that I can just stay? Well, your your quality of life is important. As a person, I think that you just, we all have this, I want to say this instinctual need for some sort of comfort, right? Yeah. Like a lot of people can stay that especially ambitious or entrepreneurial people you're usually very good at you know i'm going to step outside of my comfort zones and i'm going to bust through but it's not so that they can stay in that hustle mode it's because they want to get to a bigger or better comfort zone in my opinion right like i don't think anybody out there is like i just want to work hard work hard work hard work hard work hard every day of my life because being a hard worker is the best thing that's ever happened to me Mm -hmm. i hope that that's not the case because i could see that as a very taxing kind of lifestyle that would probably put you in the grave earlier than you might likely have if you had a little more comforts in your life but when i see entrepreneurs when i see people who are like super driven they're usually driven towards a goal and that goal is like some sort of new lifestyle or new ability to experience like a better comfort zone right yeah. like we want to go from comfort zone to comfort zone to comfort zone and right. that's what i usually see in life yeah and so when i think about the game industry right now i feel like the game industry for a lot of people is still a gig based yeah. industry it right gig, much yeah. like hollywood when you think of people making movies like oh i had a job for the last 11 months that movie stopped i have two months to try to find the next movie and then i jump on that right. but lucky for people in hollywood a lot of those jobs exist like you could literally move to hollywood and be in films work on 40 films in your life and never move your house right in the game industry, you could work in 40 games. You might move, I mean, depending on who you are, you might move 20 times Yeah. by the time it's all said and done. Yeah, it's very... Uh, like all significant these, moves. Yeah, all these like studios relocations. are very I shouldn't say move, I should say relocation. Relocation. <laughs> like, um, these studios are, are very concentrated for that reason. I mean, uh, it's hard to justify. This, it's, it's a trend that Silicon Valley created, right? It's like, have all the tech companies in the same place, all the talent. Uh, if they need to circulate, they can, right? Um, same thing with game industry uh, jobs. Uh, a lot of these game companies need that talent to stick around, and so they just build these companies around each other. What, unfortunately, that ha- what happens is that, you know, a lot of these cities get very expensive very soon. Uh, everybody's moving there because of the tech boom, uh, and uh, it, you're talking about one hour plus commutes, or, or, or just, you know, it's just not a place sure. that you want to be because it's too expensive or other reasons. Yeah. Right, it's not where you grew up. It's not where your friends are. You just have to keep adjusting to what the industry is doing. But worse than that, you're not even dealing with stability. Even if I move through these cities and I'm 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 fully committed to my job, uh, I can get my pink slip the next day. And I'm, I'm nowhere paying like a really like yeah. Day one, signed the contract, showed up day three. Oh man, sorry, we gotta let you go. Yeah. Yeah, and um, we're we're trying we're not trying to paint a terrible bleak yeah. picture, but we're just kind of sharing our personal stories. And we've been podcasting. We're for not the last, scaring. We're preparing. We're preparing, right? The last three years with individuals like our speakers today uh, about their story, yeah. kind of dig into like what's going on. Is there something else out there? And yes, thankfully there are. Obviously, we're putting together G Ducks to kind of kind of highlight the, the the things that you can do using your skill set that you have built in the industry to kind of be free and be completely on your own mm. and be able to succeed right this is what 
all 20 21 speakers are here to talk about yeah. and um the reason why we started the podcast is to selfishly learn from the best yeah. who's done it right obviously there are people in our positions that have achieved uh relative good success mm-hmm. being on good titles uh but that wasn't enough it wasn't right? overnight it was for sure uh but i i do want to jump in like not to rub or toot our own horn. Yeah. <laughs> rub our horn. Not to toot our own horn. <laughs> yeah, don't be tooting. Uh, when I th- like when we tell people that we are selfish in the idea of saying like, "Hey, let's bring in people and ask them things that we want to know." the sharing or the benefit that everyone gets is like everyone gets to hear that conversation so the same tips and advice that we get you get you know the same like hey look this is how you structure your business this is why you would want to go with this versus that when we talk to game industry lawyers when we talk to people who have run game companies and are telling us like what the things you should be preparing for how to align yourself with your goals and goals of your other company everyone gets to learn that right so it's even if we had a self-serving interest of like learning as much as we could right we also have a Robin Hood effect because yeah. we're giving it away. Right, right, right. <laughs> I will give you a pro tip, though. Sure. It does help to talk to these guys with a mic because suddenly you look professional. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as you start walking up to these people at like a conference and like, hey, tell me everything that you know, they kind of shoot you away. But mm. you come with the mic. Yeah, well, there's Even, it doesn't have to be on. Yeah. It's suddenly, suddenly you have a conversation yeah. going. But thankfully, everyone liked us enough to kind of stay on, talk with us, kept in touch, and obviously yeah. return for an expo such as this, GDUX, yeah. to uh, share the knowledge and you know make some noise. Like it is obvious. Hey, Carlton's working. Carlton is working. Thank you guys. <laughs> Thank um, you very much. So well, I'm gonna pull some questions. Sure, here, sure. Uh, while we go back to our uh, okay. our theme for this. Well, first I, can we do one thing uh, yeah. just to, like I always say, drop your portfolio on the yeah. desk? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Brandon, what cool games have you worked on in your career for the people listening? Uh, well, obviously we worked together on Call of Duty: Advanced Warfare. Uh, I worked on Bioshock Two. We worked on Lost Planet Three together. Yep. We worked at uh, Section Studios with Cecil, which was our uh, day one speaker. Yep. Uh, and uh, so those rival Crimson rival X Chaos Crimson mobile. Chaos, yes, and then uh, I also worked on uh, a digital main for a little while on Borderlands 2 Cinematic, Hawken, and so I've been around. It's been a long, long journey. I think my last half of my last half of my career has really aged me in terms of stress. <laughs> but like, I think it's worth also saying yeah. and talking about. I know listeners long listeners of the podcast knows a little bit of our backstory we kind of pepper it in mm. over our 180 episodes yeah. but i think it's also worth worth bringing up why a sudden change in our hearts about the industry uh and i think the best way to start is i'll start right sure. i'll start i'll kind of relay my my story my first layoff my oh. first layoff okay all right. right it's the title of my story my first layoff was was something that i it's one of those things that you felt like the atmosphere of the studio being a little off. You even talk to your friends, you kind of joke about it. But even when uh, the day happens, you're still very shocked and surprised. Because uh, for me, when I came in the office and suddenly HR shoots me an email, I've been at the company for like eight months to a year now, right? Uh, no reason or no opportunity ever did I talk to HR that they shot me an email for it. And suddenly she shot me an email, I opened it up and I looked at it and it's like, hey, if you have any time, let's talk at lunch. It's like, ah, you know, I never, sure. But in the back of my mind, at least with my infinite limited wisdom, I knew like, all right, I think I'm going to get laid off. I even walked around my little cubicle to to everybody and it's like hey man i i just want to shake your hand and say i think today's my last day and i just got a weird email ominous email um i think this is it uh, i just wanted to just hang out with you guys one last time before they escort me out right i've heard stories throughout at that point it was my five-year mark mm-hmm. coincidentally they say three to five years one of our speakers yesterday highlighted that it was a burnout mark and then a thrown out mark yeah it was my throw out mark and um even though i tease and i make fun and i cackled about the idea that i'm probably you know there's gonna be a big layoff the company i was completely unprepared because then um i walked in the office at uh, lunch my my lead was already standing there and i was like oh shit even though i prepared for this i i did feel like a stab of betrayal but you know in retrospect as a company if you got to do a layoff you got to do a layoff you know that means there's no finance in the bank there's no way to pay you i totally understand that the good thing is hey, that uh what's up, carlton 
the good thing is interrupting my I'm, I'm getting real with you there all you see is money um <laughs> uh, I went into that room and um, I saw my lead there and I kind of knew what was going on, obviously. I sat down and even though I understand in retrospect the company's stance that some things just don't go well, obviously, yeah. financially, they can't keep supporting you. You got to get cut off. Um, I was the only one laid off, so thankfully it wasn't personal. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was like, who firing. else is in the room? It's <laughs> it just me. It just looks just you, you it's, and right. it's just me. Just a, a room full of mirrors. Yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah, they just told me, hey, thank you for all your work, but uh, unfortunately, yeah. we, we got to lay you off. So, uh, this is your two weeks severance and all this stuff. Um, I felt like I, do you I need kept a large it cool box headed. Or a medium box. Which, so what, a medium a box, box. Which one do you need? <sighs> I had a fuck it box, basically. <laughs> uh, basically, I didn't care at that moment. But um, I, obviously, you feel emotionally a sense of betrayal. It's like, why couldn't you guys tell me like a month earlier? Give me two weeks to kind of get back on my feet. That's not nearly enough, right? Yeah. I, I, I definitely, if you're going to do it, give at least two months because that takes that amount of time to gather all your materials and, and, and try again and pick up your spirits and everything, right? I think two months is actually an appropriate time if you have to do something like that. Um, but I came home, told the wife, uh, not even before coming home, I, I had to call up the wife, tell her, and thankfully she was very supportive and, and helpful. But Shout out to all the supportive significant others in the game yes. industry. Yes, but at that moment I felt there was two ways to take something like that. One is to completely, obviously, be devastated, um, question your self-worth, and, uh, and and everything or the next thing to do is to kind of just take a moment and think about the next thing mm-hmm. like, so I, I had a mixture of that obviously uh, uh, I'm the breadwinner of my family so I have to like I don't have that much time to sulk I gotta think about the next steps um, but beyond of looking for the next job you know I uh, swore to myself that I will never ever have just one basket mm-hmm. right uh Becca Saltzman yesterday was talking about part of her talk. It's like have multiple baskets, yeah. multiple eggs, and that really hit home for me. I Revenue was like streams, yeah, plural. streams of uh, income, and it's yeah. very true. And it uh, it began my my dual my dual professional uh, services. So aside from obviously landing back on my feet, getting an industry job, I completely started teaching. Mm-hmm two times a week for like four hours each session and I did that for five straight years at multiple campuses yeah. and then I did not stop uh, because I was constantly in fear and in some cases I had three different uh, two different campuses with a day job mm-hmm. so I was teaching four or five uh, four times a week uh, at, at different campuses and and I'm doing my day job nine, uh, yeah. nine to six right so obviously less and less time uh, to spend with the family but uh, feeling more secure but that was when it opened up the doors to me. It's like, there's so much I can do as a professional game developer to either share the knowledge or start meeting new people to open up opportunities. And that started the hustle. That started Game School Online. Shout out to Game School Online for all the students that are watching, hey. uh, which is, uh, and Game Dev Unchained, our podcast, and then all our business ventures on the side. And um, this is, uh, pretty much very personal at least to me and i know for larry to kind of bring gdux to 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 the plate because i feel every time i talk to developers who uh are either been through a a few rounds of these layoffs and slowly chipping away as a person (laughs) because every layoff does hit you really hard and i think uh anybody that has survived two or three of those uh, are really playing with fate a bit because mm. uh, how much more can you take before you really give up, right? Mm. And um, that's one, at least one of the big reasons why GDUX to me is very important and very personal. Every speaker has a strategy that can be applied to anybody that's watching right now uh, to apply to themselves. And um, even if you're at a stable job, I congratulate you. Yeah. Um, but think about what if that job just suddenly implodes, right? Yeah. So it's it's always good to just every now and then just ask yourself, what if it was today? Yeah. Right. What if it was today? What if today your primary day. source of income just 
Yeah, right as now. you're watching the stream, it yeah, pink just slip what if it was today? email just flies <laughs> into your screen and say, can I see you at lunch? Yeah. So, you know, I ask myself that all the time. That I'll just randomly be listening to a song. And if I don't think I've thought about it or laid out or updated my plan in a while, I'll say, well, what if it was today? Yeah. What do I do? Yeah. Even though it's not, right? Like, you're in a safety bubble, so at least try to take some steps to figure that out. Like, you said teaching. Like, okay, do I have an opportunity to teach? Yeah. Do I have an opportunity to maybe create some Udemy classes or something like that? Yeah. Or do I have things of high value that I could let go of? Or do I... Yeah, like, networking with friends, get a project going. Exactly. You know, get and a part of that indie business, you know. Just having an answer to that question will make you feel so much better when that day potentially does come. Hopefully it doesn't, but let's say it does. But that's the key word. It's a matter of when now. It's sure. not a matter of if. I think you're not a game developer unless you get laid off once. Yes. I think that's the rule now. Uh, the status quo and um, that's why we brought you know game unionization on board to kind of talk about like what are other choices but mm. most importantly a lot of like a lot of other developers are already doing things to be proactive about this issue yeah, yeah. and uh, well I mean I'm gonna look at questions but I also sure. want to switch the camera to you Larry like talk about your personal story your first layoff I oh, think at this I, point if we can cue on some dramatic music it would be perfect time oh man well I want to save some time for the AMA so I can make mine pretty quick uh, my first layoff actually came from my first job I was an assistant producer at Obsidian Entertainment and I remember exactly when it happened and how it happened and what went down it's like burned in my memory so I had uh, it was like an interdepartmental meeting where I had engineers I had sound and I might have had like one or two other departments all represented in this meeting because there were scheduling conflicts for almost two weeks straight and I couldn't get this meeting to happen and I finally did and even in the meeting I was trying to make sure that each segment that we talked about had a specific amount of time because there was so much we needed to cover totally inexperienced right I should have just let us talk so that we could achieve stuff anyway long story short uh, the producer above me comes in and is like hey Larry you know we need to borrow you really quick and I said hey I get it I understand but uh, this meeting is very important like it's I'm protecting this meeting like my job depends on it right and so I, I fought back and I was like no I'm sorry I can't right now I'll come after and then so he doubled down and said no Larry you don't understand like we really need you but then I doubled down saying no you don't understand I was like I need to make sure that for the betterment of this project that this meeting happens because Lord knows when all these schedules will align again and we can get this major problem solved then he tripled down and said something. He said, Larry, it's about the Sega decision. And to me, I said, well, there's no such thing as the Sega decision, right? So like, I'm thinking that that's code to like, let me know that it's important, but it's something over the heads of the people in the room. He didn't just say, Larry, you've been laid off, right? Like you need to come now. He said, it's mm -hmm. about the Sega decision. Mm -hmm. Technically though, that was true because Sega did make a decision, but no one in the room knew of the Sega decision. Right. So I was like, all right, the fact that you've tripled down and then you've said this ominous thing to me, I'm pretty sure that something is up. So I leave the room, he tells me where to go, what to do. And then I walk into the main room and I look around, I see like 23 other people just looking along the wall, like not knowing what's up. Yeah. And I I knew right away. I was yeah. like, well, well, caught me slipping. Yeah. Got to walk it off. I know. You know, I know. That's, that's, so that was, uh, that was how I was told I was getting laid off. And yeah, I got, I think I got like a, you know, whatever pay I was owed, probably like a little bit like a two week thing. Yeah. And then that was it. It was off to the races. Yeah. Gotta scary, what the next the move scary was. thing is even though you're mentally prepared, like all your senses are telling you that you're about to get laid off until they speak those words, mm. it doesn't really hit you. Like it, it really does your life does flash a little bit in front of your eyes. It's like, all right, what do I do? How do I survive? Two mm. weeks from now, all right, I don't have a paycheck. Like all these thoughts, you're constantly, uh, what do you call it, fight or flight mode sure. at that yeah. point. And uh, you don't have time to really kind of gather your feelings until yeah. later. You got right? that day. Yes. You got that day to worry about You got how that you day feel. to worry about everything. It's like, the I next guess, day, the clock I'm is not like. not playing basketball tomorrow. <laughs> Dude, but um, all your bills are doing this yes. once a month, right? They don't care about the story. Yes. Like, and oh, that's so sad. Okay, so anyway, uh, how about that rent? <laughs> and like, like I said, like as soon as you get through one of those moments, mm -hmm. like at least for me, the way I react is, is like I'm never gonna depend on my employer for anything. Mm -hmm. Like it, it's 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 gonna be strictly business from now on. Mm -hmm. Um, it's an at-will employment, right? It's a both ways, contract though. for both of us. Yeah. So uh, I pay more attention to that. Uh, office politics becomes less 
personal for me mm-hmm. right it's more like a, a job I'm here to do mm-hmm. and professionally I will improve whatever you need me to do but uh, other than that you know after eight hours I'm gone yeah all right because uh, you can lay me off at any moment you don't get my extra eight hours I'm gonna live my life yeah. and uh, at the five yard uh, five year mark uh, fortunately it's one of those things bittersweet right if I carried on without being laid off I would have been not I would not be here. Yeah, podcast wouldn't exist. <laughs> I would be Side watching uh, at my desk. Um, and, uh, and in some cases, great. If you guys are out there, been at a company for 10 plus years, oh my God, you're a unicorn. We are so thankful for uh, developers out there that are able to remain stable and mm-hmm. still do what they love. We completely support that. We want that to keep happening. And we want that to keep happening to everybody, everybody more frequently, right? So I'm going to pull up a question. All right. Here we all go. Right. Because Eight Larry and I can take over for the next seven Man, hours. We can, feel, <laughs> we can <laughs> we get all the like way to green just talking cover, about war right? stories. But I'm sure you want to. You ever see two veterans at a bar? On. Like they just. <laughs> yeah. We can, this Jesus. is pretty much how it is yeah. uh, on our late night calls to each other to kind of pep each other up. Pillow talk. So our Praveen 760. Hey, shout out to our Praveen. He's been helping us moderate all the questions out there. Uh, how do you guys take a break from work? Like back when you were in AAA and when you were faced with extreme crunch and stuff. Like how do you stay fit? Oh, thank you, Praveen, for noticing. <laughs> and don't let the strenuous effort that goes into making gains from spoiling your health. Do you really have time to play the games you work on? This is All a very popular. I can jump in because my answer will be super quick. So every company gives you a lunch period. Uh, I got really good at understanding that, like, you know, in one hour's time, I could probably scarf down a meal real quick and then have maybe about 40 minutes to enjoy something that will give me like a long period of mental reset. Whether that was play a game for 40 minutes, whether that was just watch YouTube videos, whether that was just walk and talk with other people. I hate to say this, but like I looked at that hour of time as my time to do whatever, so long as I also made sure that I had food. And a lot of companies actually, if you're at your desk and you're working and munching, they don't care. So like if you took that whole hour for personal, and then let's say you get back to your desk and you're working and like you take your bite of your Subway sandwich and keep working and take a bite of your sandwich, you're eating your actual food after that hour, you probably won't get in trouble. Yeah. I, I've done that before. Yeah. Uh, I've I've made sure that I took that hour for workout, for yeah. play games. Yeah. And you have the same workday. Like, I still go home at the same right. time. But I feel like I had an extra hour of just, like, peace for myself. Mm-hmm. Because I had to reclaim it in a way that just worked for me. Yeah. And to me, it's a very similar answer. Every day, you, you got to really treat yourself respectfully uh because for me health comes first yeah. even before my children because <laughs> hey if you go yeah i mean it's the uh what is that uh the, the airplane rule when you yeah. put your uh, your oxygen mask assist yourself before helping the kids. Others. i take that very literally I'm, yeah. I'm fighting the kids off me while i put my oxygen mask but it's very me true. first Bruce. yes it's a very strenuous job obviously uh most people are still sitters right i know we have fancy standing desks now and that's actually a good step forward to kind of take care of your health uh but it's very strenuous on your back and all these stuff uh everything that you're doing at the computer is telling you like you're gonna slowly age and break apart right so health wise it's the first thing i do the last thing i do every day uh it's very important and not just health it's just like a better just having a life um earlier in my career it was all about the industry it was all about working hard it's all about the game putting out and the satisfaction at some point at least for me that stopped like i um you know the part of the question was do you guys even play games anymore i haven't even played my own game that i've launched all right and i'm I'm being very real because you part of it is because you play tests while you're in development while Mm -hmm. you play levels over and over but uh, it's been a long time where after shipping a game, working on it for three plus years, and finally like super excited to unwrap your little uh, professional edition, mm-hmm. right? And uh, that's something too. Like not every game place give you Free your copy. game, right? Yeah. <laughs> but the places that do are kind of. I didn't get a copy well. of Lost Planet Three. Well, there you go. I got. I was uh, gone that was before sad. that. But uh, I gotta buy that copy off of Steam. I had to buy a copy of my own game. But I, I, it's been a while since uh, I actually appreciated my work because um, I, a lot of it harks back to that period. And after that first layoff, I just viewed the industry very differently. Not in a n- totally negative way, but more being proactive about, all right, self-improvement. What, what can I do? What can I secure myself with? So, it, of course, I have accomplished um, working with great people. Very proud of the games we put out together. Um, but truthfully, you know, the desire to kind of review my uh, success uh, 
I view it a very different way. Mm-hmm. Um, now, uh, you know, we're working on our own game. Like, I, I, I feel more comfortable working in smaller teams because now the things that I take the most pride to is uh, are, are projects that if I didn't have a part of it, it would not exist. Yeah. That's like my my thing now. So yes, you know all the begins that we worked on are great, but I could have taken myself out of that equation, and the mm-hmm. game would have still existed still without out. me, right? Sure. And so I, I look at the level of success and pride a, a very different way. It's like, um, you know, if we're in a room full of uh, one thousand podcasters and we're just both having a mic it doesn't feel the same as now i'm mm-hmm. talking to you you're talking to me i'm listening to you and you listen yeah. to me so it's a very much the same way um and so to do and be able to juggle a lot of things health is very important you got to make time and i want to prioritize it so yeah. you're saying you have to make time right make like time. that is the one thing i do want to like stress to the audience who if anyone is saying like oh man how do you do so many things it's really because every moment of your life that you're conscious you are making decisions mm-hmm. where you're putting your time regardless of it being an obligation or not you're still deciding to fulfill the obligation yeah right so if you go home and you veg out for an hour and a half before you try to start doing some work or let's just say you needed that rest time that's fine it's okay to acknowledge that you are very tired and you need an hour and a half worth of rest but if that day goes by those 24 hours let's say you're conscious for 16 17 of it yeah. and you didn't do anything to progress one of the things that you're interested in you can't tell me that there wasn't something that you could have done differently, even for 30 minutes to just say, you know what, instead of doing X, I'm going to do Y because Y is important to me, even though Y may take a lot of time. And I only see myself having little bits of time overall. Mm-hmm. Those little bits of time still add up. Yeah. If you feel like you literally don't have enough time, then where are your priorities balanced? Mm-hmm. What is taking up the time that you wish you were doing something else with? Mm-hmm. Is there any way that you could multitask while doing that thing? Mm-hmm. Or is there any way that you could delegate while doing that thing? Mm-hmm. Or more or less just get rid of that thing because it's not as important as why. It's very So true. remember, you're making decisions with your time. And... Uh you know, whenever you look back in your career, if I look back personally, right, and I look at the highlights, mm-hmm. you know, I don't remember the times the highlights. I stayed in the <laughs> office and yeah, worked yeah. really hard on something. Like, I, I, I appreciate the time with my family, my friends, and, you know, the, the little networking that I do with the friends from work and everything. Mm-hmm. Those are the highlights. Yeah. And those are the things going forward that I want to kind of hark to everybody. Those are the important things, right? Um, I've seen friends that have just been crunching forever. And I go back to visit, their health is to shit, right? Or they're not really happy because yeah. chasing titles is a high, right? Mm-hmm. You, there's never enough before it gets outdated. Most AAA games, you know, it sounds great now, but in a couple of years, it kind of fades back in the background. It's the same on your resume. It's yeah. great to see it there, uh, but a few years pass, it's like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. that's nice. Yeah. But it's just like that. Uh, and so it, it's never ending. If you just fast forward, like how many tiles does it take before you're satisfied with your career? It's like mm-hmm. to me, and at least for us, there was a turning point where I'm like, I'm so, I'm so sick of working on these big games. Uh, I want to work on smaller, intimate games, mm-hmm. things that do matter to me and that, you know, gives me the credibility to kind of say, like, I had a big part in that. Mm-hmm. And uh, if it wasn't for me, this is what, this game wouldn't be the way it would be. And it's a very different turning point for me because I never thought before we started with our college years, never thought that I would hit that point because ever since college, I want to work on the biggest game mm-hmm. that everybody knows so that when I go on the streets, it is a nice feeling. It's like I worked on this game. It's like, oh, kids play that. Oh, that's great. And that was that, yep. right? But um, never thought, never thought like past my 10 years that um, like that's not, that's the opposite of what I want now. And that's an, on personal journey, right? And not to hate on anybody that's working on huge games right now. I appreciate it. I still love playing those big games, oh, of yeah. course. Somebody has to do it. Yeah. But I think if anything, GDUX is about like, we can do this pretty healthily, right? We talk about, there's no denying, all right? I'm going to give a shout out to Rockstar with uh, Red Dead 2, right? There's no denying, if you look at that game, that is the epitome of AAA development, mm-hmm. right? That is exactly what AAA development in terms of quality, in terms of time, and in terms of uh, development. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's, it's grade A, hard to replicate, impossible to, to try to even duplicate the, the process of it. It's one of a kind. But the sacrifices, those developers made to make that game it's like do i really need it in eight years is like 
it's 12 years still too late you think if, if a game like that gets released and, and everybody actually worked like normal hours like if, it, if it came out a year later it would still be well, very good to me if yeah, they worked like normal hours it would be 12 years oh, <laughs> it took yeah. them 8 years to me it would probably 12 years but people I feel will still line up for a game like that sure. and still if anything will respect you as a developer yeah. as a team that fosters talent and respects talent yeah. right and so, I'm calling I'm calling people out but these are things yeah. that it's not like I went in there and started exposing this is open secrets sure sure now well we got a couple more minutes before our Let segment. Me get some yeah, let's get some more questions in there. Right, one more question in here okay before twitch like abandons us all right uh let me get one more question in here so let me load it up real quick again thanks to everyone in twitch thanks to everyone on youtube thank you for watching this wherever you are watching this we appreciate you yeah as you can tell larry and i can talk for seven hours but we're not <laughs> uh a pity pitig boss j i'm hope i'm saying that right i'm sorry would you still consider yourself to be a gamer in your free time oh i i can say yes with a pat like i love love video games i will never i don't see myself ever not enjoying video games and video game experiences and i keep a healthy healthy kda ratio uh, in every sort of competitive game I play. Uh, big into MOBAs right now. If you want to see me in Heroes of the Storm and you like dying, you, you know, feel free. Hop in a game with me. I'll, I'll show you what's up. <laughs> Playing well, WoW Classic right now also. I, I would like to see the same, but I can't. Uh, like, obviously, Larry is the designer of the group. I'm the artist, so he has to stay on top of things to kind of be relevant. But for me, like, I can just concentrate on the art and still be good at my job. Mm -hmm. And uh, unfortunately, that also means that if I can skip a game, I, I, I would. Mm -hmm. And being a family man, being able to, having to juggle everything. I'm, that's the one thing I'm very excited about now that we're doing all this full time. Sure. Is that I can finally play games that I've been yeah. missing the last four or five years. Yeah, yeah. And it's very important um, because that's how I came to love the industry mm. where I played games night and day. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that's how I learned, right? That's how I learned to appreciate the, the process and the art form. So... Yes, I'm slowly climbing out into uh, being a gamer again. Uh, and so uh, I still consider me a gamer. I, I love the process, but sure. I also love the, the medium. I think it's the future. Right, um, what will be the next game that you play when you start playing? Right now I'm going through Metal Gear. Okay. So Metal Gear like to kind of circle back, you know, Metal Gear was the reason why I stepped in. Okay. But uh, I'm a huge fan of Hideo Kojima. And... To say that I'm playing this game that's been out for like four years, my favorite franchise, is yeah. to say a lot, right? It's like, man, I really missed out on a lot of stuff. Well, now what you didn't miss developer. out on is paying $60 for it. I, know, you, right? I hate to say it like this, but I'm assuming you'd pay like 20 right? 15 something yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. So I got to prep myself uh, up for the Death Stranding games. Okay. But uh, we'll take one more question. I think Tanya is waiting patiently for yeah. us, uh, our next uh, speaker. Let me take one more and uh let's see here because it's like lightning fast pick a yes or no question <laughs> all right let's end it on a good note right we talked about a lot of negativity sure but let's end it on a good note and this comes from uh let's be awkward so what are your favorite parts of your job role specific or broadly favorite parts of my job role specific i'll say i sure uh two things one is i would say being the creative i have to make sure that i understand and can like speak the lingo of all the people contributing to making my ideas come to life and i i love that right like i may not be the animator i may not be the uh sound designer i may not be the technical artist i may not be the programmer but i have to know enough about all of those lanes so that when i construct my ideas i can communicate to the, all those departments and break down but also be able to verify that when they do something it is either towards the goal or if it's off from the goal so i feel like as a designer i'm incredibly agile i have to make sure that you know that i can i can roll with any any pack and get in there and have a great conversation about development and that's just always fun for me i love seeing other people do incredible things knowing that it's going to push forward the design vision so call me selfish but that's my favorite thing about my specific job uh brandon how about yourself uh i love having to always be on top of things like being an environment artist myself uh we're constantly learning new programs to mm. improve i don't want to toot my own horn like you said before but we are pretty pretty important yeah, to yeah. gaming uh we 
designed the whole world to make yeah. you run through it. Uh, and so I've only seen one successful 3D game without an environment artist. That was yes. Minecraft. Uh, and so uh, <laughs> obviously every discipline is important. That's just a joke. But uh, it, it's just like um, I enjoy just learning new programs because uh, seeing how things work and improving my workflow. Yeah. That's what I look forward to every day. Like, what can I do to improve myself uh, and, and make my art look better? Because obviously anything that I do will be represented right away yeah. and people will judge that. Mm-hmm. So I can't really kind of skirt around ugly polygons. Yeah, yeah. But it's, but it's part of the fun. It's demanding. 